Awesome. Thank you all for coming out. Of course, Liz was just on stage talking about JavaScript Columbia, and this is an amazing conference. For any of you that haven't made it out to Medellin, to JavaScript Columbia, it is amazing. The city's wonderful. This, they take care of the speakers great. So please, please get your talks into them. All right, well, thank you for coming to our talk, Teaching Kids to Code by a 13-Year-Old. And most of you could probably guess I'm not 13. So I'd like to introduce my son, Michael. Hello, everyone. My name is Michael. I am a 13-year-old boy, and I enjoy all things Pokemon, Lego, Star Wars, and I'll play video games and VR all day if you let me. He will. And my name's Jason. I'm his dad. I'm the CEO of a company called CodeUp back in the States, and we teach adults how to code. I love uh, Star Wars and Legos as well. I know a little bit about Pokemon, and video games are all right. So what we'd like to do before we talk about teaching kids to code and giving you some tools to go back home and teach some kids to code, we want to talk about why. Why should kids learn how to code? And I think most of the people in this audience have some opinions about that, but I wanted to find out from a kid. So Michael, why do you think kids should code? Well, kids need a better understanding of technology. Most of the kids I know think technology is Google, YouTube, and Fortnite. And that's not even close to the possibilities. Coding sparks imagination. Coding makes you really creative and makes you want to do amazing stuff. And it's a great way to teach children logic. Like, if something happens, do something else. You can also learn how things work. You can learn how you can send email, or you can learn how computers work. And it's cool to program things. Like, it's cool to build Legos. It's cool to play games. It is cool and awesome to program things. It's also really fun. I do it on a daily basis. Awesome. So before we get into the right way to teach kids how to code, we figured we'd go over a few of the things that we think are the wrong way to do it. And last summer, Michael was super excited to go to a camp where they were going to teach Minecraft mods using Java. And I think we learned a few things that probably are the things you want to avoid when trying to teach a kid to code. Well, the first thing is to start with a hard language, like Java or C. During that camp, I used Java, and it was not fun. I don't know how it works to date. All I know is like C. I don't. Don't ask me. Um, and making them learn to type. Well, um, it, I still use my foreign fingers. Kids still use the foreign fingers. Most people I know use foreign fingers. And using complicated tools like Eclipse. Uh, when we were doing the mods, we used Eclipse. I have no idea how to go back to my previous projects. I have no idea that how that even works. Enforcing them to learn vocabulary like con, con, cat, con, con, concatenation. There you go. Wow, I have no idea what that means. Um, think that they really need to learn math first, like algebra, calculus, terrible way to start. So what we found is if you wanted to teach a kid a musical instrument, you would probably teach them a song before you made them learn music theory or how to read music. And what I found as a parent is once Michael was out creating video games, all of the things on this slide he became more interested in. But if this is where we start, then it's really hard to get them excited about writing code. So that being said, we want to think about what is it that kids want to do? And this picture definitely shows what I want to do all day, every day. All day long, if I let him. Uh, but Michael, what do you think that kids want to do when they're learning how to code? Well, they want to see immediate results. If they press W or up in the game they're playing, they don't want to wait 10 seconds to play. Wait, you're telling me kids aren't patient? I've been waiting for you to say that. <laughs> 
And they like to create things that are fun, like games or Legos. We're gonna go back to Legos a lot. But they like to create things that they're interested in and sharing their creations. Again, back to Legos. They love to show it after they build a set, even I do, I like to show it to my parents showing what I am capable of. And to make new graphics, like doing artwork or fan art or anything like that, they love to do that. And building things that they love, once again, Legos. They love that. Last but not least, they like to play with the results. Guess what? Legos. They love to play with Legos before they put on the shelf and let it dust and rot. Oh, oh, okay, I'm back, sorry. Awesome, so we've talked a little bit about the wrong way and why kids wanna do it and what kids are into, so we'd like to present what we think is a great solution for teaching kids to code. And um, in this solution that we wanna show you, Michael, do you have to learn how to type? No, it is drag and drop. And it was super hard to learn, right? It took weeks? No, it was easy to learn and I learned how to make a game in the first day. And let me guess, you're only a few of you online that are doing there this. There is a ginormous, humongous community of users. And when I say, hey, Michael, why don't you go write a piece of software, you think that you're being punished, right? No, it's fun to use, almost as cool as video games. Were you found that anybody was able to help you? Yes, everyone can help. It's pretty easy to learn, but if you do need help, anyone can help. But what about creating games? Did you have to download a bunch of special stuff? Nope, I created one in the first hour of playing without downloading. What if you wanted to have your own graphics in there? Graphic designs are included. Awesome. So what we'd like to do is show you the solution that's worked for us, and that's Scratch by MIT. It's super cool. So Michael, why don't you tell us what is Scratch? So Scratch is a visual programming language developed by MIT in 2003. It's for ages eight and up. I started around seven or eight. And right, right now it has over 22 million users and roughly around 25,000 new members join every day. Wow. And guess what? It's in German, it's in Spanish, it's in Japanese. It, there's over 70 languages it uses. And it only requires internet access and because of the recent 3.0 update, no flash! Thank you JavaScript Scrap, community for no saving us. Awesome. So, to get Scratch, it's super simple. You just point your browser to scratch.mit.edu and click create, and you're presented with an IDE that looks just like this, and Michael can walk you through the different aspects. So as you can see in the top right corner, there is the stage. That's where everything's going to happen, and that's where we're under it. Sprites are gonna be moving and changing. Sprites are the objects on the stage. That, as I said, they're gonna change, move, do something. Next is out of the backdrops. Those are the stages of the stage, play on what's there. And it changes, it can write other code, all that. In the middle, there's the coding area. That's where you're gonna be putting your code to make either the sprites, backdrops, or stage change. Next to that are the blocks. Those are the chunks of code that you're gonna be sticking together and making your thing work. Above that are the tabs. It's pretty simple. Code, I just told you what that was. Costumes is where either sprites or backdrops can change, and, well, it just changes them. And sounds, it describes itself, it just makes sounds or music. Awesome. And if you were to download our slides, um, this is explaining. Kind of an explanation. All right, so what we'd like to do is a typical hello world using Scratch. So Michael's gonna come over, do a little bit of live coding for you here today in Berlin. And Scratch Cat is the uh, sprite that is default. It's gonna be what loads on the page. This is what you get when you load up the page. And how about you show us a hello world script, Michael? 
So first, we're going to go over to events and grab the when flag is clicked block. You're going to need this for every piece of code you do. So then we go to looks and grab a say hello. Just make that a simple hello world. Still use my pointer fingers. And go over to motion. We have 10 steps. Just make that 50 so you guys can see that. All right, let's blow it up and hit play. One, yeah. There you go. There we go. So within just a couple of minutes, that kid that you're trying to teach how to code can have their Hello World script running, not having to learn how to type, not having to know all of those things that kind of get in the way. So the next what we'd like to do is create a game for you live right here. And Michael already went to the background and used the graphic editing tools, created all of his own graphics. And what we see there is Jeff standing at an airport in some lederhose and holding a beer. Why don't you tell us the premise of the game, Michael? So Jeff is the... German dude, I'm not going to do anything weird. Yeah. Um, he's there, and he's going to be throwing beer and schnitzel at angry glasses, bearded dads who are coming off of 48 hour airplanes <laughs> with only three hours of sleep, and he's going to be super angry. And he's going to have to, and Jeff is going to have to throw beers and throw schnitzels to make him happy. So angry dads are going to come off the airplanes, and they want beer and angry schnitzel bearded to get glasses happy. Dads. Where did you get this idea? with gray beards. Ah, okay, well let's check it out. So the first thing that we want to do is be able to make Jeff, our main character, move around. So Michael, why don't you uh, show us how we can make Jeff move left when you hit the left arrow button. So first, of course, we're going to have to go to uh, events and grab the wind flag is clicked block. Again, you're always going to need this. Go to control and grab a forever and an if. So it's forever going to be asking the question, if something happens, then do whatever's in the loop. The thing we're going to be asking is going to be uh, key space press, but it's not going to be space. It's going to be left arrow. We're going to go to motion. We're going to point in direction left, which is negative 90, and then move 10 steps. <clears throat> All right, so we hit the flag. We hit the left arrow button. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Did I do something wrong? Wait, wait. Do we have internet? Do we have internet? Okay. What's going on here? Oh, I'm on the wrong sprite. Oh, <laughs> we clicked on the wrong sprite. Very good catch. Thank you. Live Thank you. coding is always fun. All right, so let's try that again on the Jeff sprite. As you can tell, every sprite's its own object. So we had it in the wrong piece of code. Now Jeff moves left. All right, good job. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, so now we got Jeff moving left, but I think he needs to move right as well. So how do we go in there and make you move right? Easy. You right-click and duplicate. Something amazing about Scratch. So we go here and go right arrow and make that right. Perfect. Zoom. And... So we got moonwalking Jeff. Yeah, Michael Jeffson, I guess. So. All there right, why don't we make it to where when he's moving the other direction, he's pointing the direction that he's supposed to be moving. So before we do that, I'd like to show the costumes. As you see, I have a right and a left costume. These are going to be very important to make it move. So we go back to code. We go to looks. <coughs> Sorry about that. Uh, we go down here and go switch costume to right. And put that right there as well. Make this left. Play. All right, so now when he moves left and right, he'll be facing that direction. But Jeff can't move up and down. How hard would it be to add that? Not very. Just expand and right-click. Boom. 
There you go. So we're going to duplicate two more if statements. So we're going to have four nested if statements in there, checking to see if it's going up, down, left, or right. Michael's going to get all of those set up. We're going to remove that switch costume for the up and down because we don't have an up and down costume. Just make set the directions to down and up. And when we click play, we should have a fully moving Jeff. Moves everywhere, even diagonal. Check that out. So in just a few minutes, you're able to get the basics of a 2D game going. But right now, it's just Jeff running around on a stage. How about we bring in one of those airplanes and uh, see if we can't get some of those angry dads to come off. Airplane Michael coming in for landing. All right. So now we have another sprite. This is the airplane sprite. It's going to be like its own object. And what Michael's going to do is start having angry dads come off of the plane and go chase down Jeff trying to get that beer and schnitzel. So, of course, go over to events and grab the wind flag. It's clicked. <coughs> go to control and do forever. Wait one second. And create clone of myself. So it's going to wait one second and then create clone of myself. But one second is a bit too short. Why don't, we, uh, why don't we make that a little more random? So let's go to operators, pick random 1 to 10. Big span, let's just make it 2, 2, 6. There you go. So now every 2 to 6 seconds, this sprite is going to create a clone of itself. And now Michael's going to show you what we can do with that clone. So you grab the when I start as a clone, then you're also going to grab a repeat until, go to motion. We're going to point towards a Jeff and move 10 steps. So, there you go. All right, so let's see what happens here. And we wait two to six seconds randomly, and Angry Dad. Ah! Oh, that's that not loud. an Angry Dad. That's another ah! airplane. All right, so how can we fix that? So instead of airplanes coming out of airplanes, we have Angry Dads. So first, I like the costumes. There's plane and there's Jason. He looks a little familiar. I didn't do that. But yeah, he, he looks ah, kind of like you. That's fine. All right, so let's find a way to get him off the plane. So go back to code, go to looks, do switch costume to plane, except it's not going to be plane. So it's now every time a Jason. clone's created, it should be an angry dad. We hit play. Jeff's going to run around. And here they ah. come. Angry dad's coming off of the airplane, Very chasing fast. down Jeff. I have never run that fast in my life. You can't convince me that was based on me. Okay, let me just make it... Oh, okay, fine. We'll make them it's run a little like slower. Now. But here's the problem. When they're catching Jeff, they're drinking his beer and taking his schnitzel, shouldn't they disappear? I mean, if you want. I mean, sure, why don't we show how we could do that? Okay, fine. So go over to sensing and do touching mouse pointer. Change that to touching Jeff. So now we have a repeat until loop, ah. a lot like a do while. Uh -oh. um, go to control again. Delete this clone. So once that loop once completes, the clone gone. will be yeah. deleted? Yep. So now let's go back in. All right. So Jeff's out running around the airport. Every two to six seconds, there comes Angry Dads off the plane. And when they click Jeff, they go away. But wouldn't it be great if we could get them some beer and schnitzel before they caught Jeff? Indeed. Let's go to food and drink. Oh, I was actually on this tab. But look, we have a beer. We have a schnitzel. I like the beer better than the awesome. schnitzel. Awesome. So when we click on this third sprite now, we see that there's no code there for that object. We're going to say whenever the game starts. So when flag is clicked, whenever the game starts, we're going to go to control, forever, if, and also grab while we're here, a create clone myself and put that inside. Then we go to our sensing, 
We grab key space press. We're going to keep it that. Go back to control. I should have grabbed this while I was here. Grab so again, we're creating a clone every time the space bar key is pressed. And then we're going to go to random position. Now we're going to go to Jeff. And then we're also, oh my goodness, I should have grabbed so much stuff while I was here. Um, the repeat until. And then we're going to have the motion move 10 steps. Up there. there you go. Okay, so now every time he hits the space bar, a clone should be made of the food object, and then it should start oh. moving 10 steps from where it originates at Jeff. It's still hidden. Mm. Oh, just like CSS, you have show and hide for your sprites. So now we need to show. There you go. Perfect. Awesome, wait. But that's like an endless supply of schnitzel, and they're sticking to the end. Why don't we make it where you have to let go of the space bar in between? But I want Neon Cat. I can see that. Well, why don't we see what we can do by cleaning that up just a little bit? All right. Oh, and there comes oh. the angry Jasons. <laughs> so we have it where right now, uh, which should we fix first, machine gun or? Uh, let's make it to where you don't have machine gun schnitzel. OK. So we go over to control. Wait until, go down the operators, grab a knot, duplicate this. So now it's going to repeat as saying, if the key space is pressed, make a clone. But you cannot repeat until the key space pressed is not being pressed. So you got to let go of the space bar between <laughs> every time. Let's see how that's working. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, I'm perfect. holding it. I'm just perfect. Spam. All right, but they are sticking to the edge of the screen there. So we should probably make them disappear when they click, when they get to the, uh, the edge of the stage. So we make it, we're touching the edge. We're going to make it where it deletes the clone. So when it falls out of the repeat loop, the while loop, then they won't stick to the sides. That's perfect. But what I notice is when the angry dads are coming off the airplane and you try to give them a schnitzel, they keep coming. So we should probably make that angry dad disappear as soon as he gets that beer schnitzel. So let's go back to plane one. We're going to go to operators, grab an aura, duplicate Jeff, boop, and boop. So it's going to repeat until it's either touching the food and drink sprite or the Jeff sprite, and then they should disappear. And we should have angry dads coming off, getting ready to get that good German beer and schnitzel. And there it is, able to feed them and make them happy. But it's only schnitzel coming out. Yeah, the game's a little easy right now. You can just stand in front of the plane yeah. and, and spam angry dads. What if we had a second plane? Easy. So you, so, so you cannot just copy code. You can also duplicate sprites. Ooh, ah. And if you notice when he duplicated the sprite, all the code duplicated as well. So now when we hit play, we have a video game that's twice as hard and twice as fun. Oh, hold on. I forgot something. <laughs> Airplane Michael coming in for landing. Oh, there we go. All right, so we're feeding schnitzels to angry dads coming off of airplanes. But wait, they're only wait, going one wait. direction. It's only shooting schnitzels to the left. How do we make it to where they can shoot schnitzels both ways? All right, we're going to go to variables. If you don't know what variables are, I think you might be at the wrong talk. So let's make a variable and call it D-I-R for, oh, not all caps, dang it. D-I-R, there you go, for directions. So it's going to be our direction variable. One of the things that you should know is variables in Scratch are global. So any variable you create in any sprite can be accessed from any other sprite. Michael's now going to set those variables to whatever Jeff's pointing left or right. 
So I have it where it's either negative 90 or 90, my, if it's right or left. You can also see for debugging that the variable's visible on the stage, but you can just uncheck it if you don't want it to be there. So real quick, drag a dir. Dir. <laughs> Sorry, I did that joke. Okay, so we're so back on the food and, wine, uh, food and drink sprite. So point and direction, dir. So Go now in. choosing that variable, and whichever way Jeff is pointed, that's the way the schnitzels are coming. But I noticed there's only schnitzels. I thought we said beer and schnitzels. Yeah, I can fix that. So hold on, let me just do that. There you go. So now we go into looks and do switch costume to beer. Instead of the beer, we're going to go into uh, operators and switch it to pick random one to two. So if you look in the costumes, it's numbered one and two. So if I do this. So now he's randomly shooting beer and schnitzels. Angry dads are coming off of the airplane. They want to get that beer from Jeff, but he's able to deliver one for them before they get to him. And we have the basics of a 2D video game in about 15 minutes, written by a 13-year-old. This is something you could all go home and do. Thank you. Now, if you give him about 30 or 45 minutes, he can build a completely fleshed out video game, and that's what we'd like to show you right now. It's the final version of uh, Angry Dad and Jeff. If you notice in the bottom right-hand corner, we have a beer mug. That's gonna be the life of Jeff, and let's watch him play around. So, it's the same game that you saw, except this time when Angry Dads come off and they actually come and drink Jeff's beer from him, he starts running out. And so, we can see that when they do catch him, his life meter goes down. And there's the but, Sorry. Go ahead. There's the keg, which also refills your beer meter. But when he gets the keg, it refills his beer. So as long as he's shooting beers at other people, they're staying happy. But when they get to oh, him, no, what's gonna happen? they drink all of his beer oh. and game over. Oh, there's a bug. Hold on. I need to fix that. Hey. What's wrong? It didn't go to end screen. That's fine. Okay. So thank you all for coming out and seeing this. If you want to flip it back there over to our go. contact information, there's the game over screen. That's what we were looking for. Thank you. You want to go to our final screen? Oh, yeah. Awesome. We'd love it if you wanted to reach out and get in touch with us. Uh, my name's Jason Strawn. You can contact me on Twitter at JD Strawn or at Jason at CodeUp.com. I am Michael Strawn. You can contact me at MasterBuilderMichael at gmail.com. And thank you all for coming to our talk. Good job. Yeah.